TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Some would call this a manic Monday in my world, hopefully in your world as well. This is a fun Monday. We've had a night to digest the NCAA tournament brackets and my alma mater. The hometown Gophers are back in it. Now, the Gophers NCAA history is pretty poor. Keep in mind, they have only one NCAA tournament win since the run to the Final Four in 1997. That was when Tubby Smith... And the Gophers beat Shabazz Muhammad and UCLA late on a Friday night. Then they lost on Sunday in the round of 32 to Florida. Then a few days later, Tubby Smith was dismissed. So hopefully the Gophers on Thursday morning in Des Moines, a 10 seed, can upset the Louisville Cardinals and match their NCAA tournament victory total since 1997, that 1997 run. And speaking of that 1997 run, a member of that team, the starting point guard, will join us. We'll go heavy on Gophers basketball this scoop podcast. It is episode 212 on this Monday, the 18th of March. Let's start with Eric Harris. He's been on the podcast before. Eric now resides here in the Twin Cities. He's been to a number of Gophers games this year, practices as well, so he's in intimate knowledge of the Gophers. Let's catch up with Eric right now. All right, Eric, as you're sitting there, Selection Sunday, you're watching the brackets, there really wasn't much drama. I mean, next thing you know, I mean, within like seconds, there you see it, Gophers 10 seed, Des Moines, Thursday morning. They get Louisville at 11-15. What did you initially think when you saw that bracket? Because I'll be honest, Eric, like I was going through potential matchups. I was thinking, okay, Syracuse, I don't want to play Syracuse, right? Baylor, okay, I'd welcome Baylor. VCU, that'd be great. Central Florida, like I was looking at teams, Ole Miss, that would fall into that 8 or 9 range. I thought they might be a 9. The 10 wasn't shocking, but a bit surprising. But I happen to think Louisville was better than a 7. Like I'm looking at the Kempom ratings, Louisville is better than LSU. They're better than Mississippi State. They're better than Maryland, according to Kempom, who I think is just a genius. So... I was surprised to see Louisville as a 7C. What was your initial reaction when you saw that matchup, the 10C Gophers against the 7C Louisville Cardinals? Well, I didn't initially, well, prior, I didn't go into all the met- metric and metrics and how intricate things can get. There's so many services out now that study wins and teams and all that stuff. But um, I was just thinking, how funny is that? You know, God has a funny way of reminding us that he controls the fate of things. Like, out of all the teams, what are the odds of, you know, Coach P going up against Louisville with the history of his dad and all that? So I was just thinking, wow, how how ironic. But Louisville's a very good team, quality program, obviously, and it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a battle. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, you think about Rick Pitino right now is suing the University of Louisville, right? Richard Pitino worked at Louisville. You know, so, I mean, there is that juicy storyline just with dad suing the university, you know, but we've seen, I mean, the committee will never admit to this, Eric, that they that they look at storylines like that, but there's enough history <laughs> to, to suggest going back the last X number of years where they do set up some pretty juicy storylines for those first matchups. So I just, I happen to think the NCAA tournament committee knew what they were doing in this instance. Exactly. And the Gophers have a history, I think it was in 94, where... You know, the Townsend, Oliver, Sean Leonard, Ariel, Randy Carter team, they played against Louisville. So there's some history there against Louisville as well. So, What do you know about Louisville? They just play hard, obviously. I got a chance to watch them a couple times this year. Um, they play hard. They play aggressive. You know, they, they like to control pace. 
and the ACC is a tough conference, so, you know, they battle against, you know, the Syracuses and the Dukes and the Carolinas. So they're going to be battle-tested. Like I said, it's going to be um, a great game. They're well-coached. So it's going to be a very tough battle. Everybody listening right now, of course, remembers you as the starting point guard on the 97 team that went to the Final Four. But you played in another NCAA tournament as well, right? Did you play in two in a Gophers uniform? Is that correct? We played, yeah, my freshman year, we went to the tournament. can't remember... This is crazy who we lost to, but my freshman year we went. All right, what was the buildup like? I mean, take us, I mean, as we record this on Monday, you know, we're about 72 hours from from the tournament tipping off, unless you count the playing games in Dayton as as real games. We can, we can debate that later. I don't think we need to, you know, harp on that. But I think for a lot of people, the tournament really starts on Thursday morning. I mean, what's the buildup mm-hmm. like, you know, from a player standpoint for these next 72 hours? Well, it starts with the anticipation and the, and the build-up in terms of where you're going to get selected, who you're going to play against. And, you know, teams usually have a get-together somewhere, have food, and, you know, people come around. So that there's that part. And once once it's announced who you're going to play and where you're going to play, now it's just the mental breakdown. Each day, mentally, it's about preparation. Now you know who you're playing against. So, you know, the coaches assistant coaches and the scout team, the managers, they're breaking down film on everything related to Louisville. So you get to see, you start to break down their intricacies, the things they like to do, the things they don't do so well. And it's just every day is just a buildup about the game plan and what it's going to take to get a win on a neutral site, even though it's in Iowa, Gophers have, I guess, an advantage there. But every day is breaking down film, breaking down players, what is it going to take to get a win? Because now it's just about one game, taking one game at a time and focusing on that opponent. And the opponent is doing the same thing. Everything gopher related, they're breaking it down. So it's just about focusing in on the job at hand. It's a business trip you're going on. So, Do you like the fact that they play early on Thursday? I mean, it's pretty much it's the first game. I mean, again, we can debate the playing games Tuesday, Wednesday, but when you think about the real kickoff, I mean, this is it. I mean, CBS, national TV, everybody at 11 a.m. or 11.15, you know, they'll go to the studio Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern. You can do the math, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Everybody in the country will at least get the first few minutes. I guess the games are on different channels. But if you want to watch action at 11.15 a.m. Central on Thursday morning, you will be locked in on Minnesota-Louisville. No other game will be going on. Do you like the fact that, A, they tip off so early on Thursday, and, B, it is so close. I mean, heck, from here in the Twin Cities to Des Moines, you can get there in like in three and a half hours. I mean, it's pretty easy drive. It's a quick trip. Yeah, so I mean, do you well, like the fact that they play A, early, and B, it is so close? Well, the early factor, you can throw that out the window. This is NCAA tournament time, so it doesn't matter if the game was at 8 a.m. These guys have been dreaming about this moment all their lives, so you know, it's an early game, but guess what? Both teams have to play early, so you just have to get prepared mentally, like I was saying earlier, and just be ready for the moment. We've seen the Gophers, when they come out sharp, they can beat any any team in the country, and when they come out with that lackadaisical approach, we know what happens. So they're going to be ready. I'm not worried about the early start. And the closeness fact, the close factor is great. A lot of Gopher fans are going to go. We should have the majority of the fans there. 
Gopher fans have to come out and support and give the team that six man. That's that's huge. That was huge on our run. Gopher fans traveled and supported us so much. So it's going to be huge that Gopher fans get out and give the team the lift that they need. Do you have any fatigue concerns that Amir Coffey, Jordan Murphy, those two specifically played so many minutes? I'm not quite sure Coffey sat. Did he sit? Maybe sat a little bit in the Michigan game. Didn't sit in the Penn uh-huh. State and Purdue games. Jordan Murphy in those first two games sat for like 15 seconds. So you play Thursday, you play Friday, you play Saturday, three games in 68 hours, then all of a sudden you're playing again on Thursday morning. Do you have any concerns about fatigue? Tyron, these guys are 19, 20, 21 years old. I'm not concerned <laughs> about that. They have all the tools now. So they have the Whirlpool. They have everything at the Gopher New um, Athletic Complex. So they're getting their treatment. They, they're doing everything. There's a great staff over there that prepares them physically. So they're going to be fine. It's, you know, it's no excuses now. There's no excuses. So. I'm ready. I'm anticipating the Gophers having a great show, and it's, it's, it's time to step up now. So those guys will be ready. I mean, I suppose the comeback, too. I mean, I asked the question, but the comeback is all these guys played AAU, right? Like, you think about April, May, July. Like, you're playing on the EYBL circuit, for example, the Nike EYBL circuit. I mm-hmm. mean, you're playing, what, sometimes multiple games in one day, maybe three games over, like, 24 hours, maybe four or five games in a very condensed period. So, I mean, these guys are not that far removed from AAU basketball where they're used to playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. Yes, you're 100% right. It's definitely a grind now with the AAU circuit, Nike, Adidas. All those shoe brands have um, AAU tournaments. So these guys are playing nonstop. And I think that contributes to, you know, when they get into the pros, the amount of injuries that take place nowadays. But that's a whole other discussion. But... You're right. They should be used to it, you know. But, hey, you take one game at a time. So, they, God willing, they beat Louisville. Then guess who they see? <laughs> the Spartans. Yeah. They win. So, it's a tough road. But, like I said, you just have to focus on one game at a time. Yeah, Michigan State got screwed. I mean, I just don't understand the committee on that one, putting Michigan State as the two with Duke. But we'll continue the Gophers discussion, Gophers-Louisville discussion, and maybe at the end I'll get your your Final Four picks, national champion pick. But how about just the idea of Amir and, you know, you've you've mentioned on this podcast before, Eric, that, that you've had some discussions with Amir. Did you see... This stretch in him, I mean, we know how uber-talented he can be. You think about the Nebraska game in December, a heck, a couple of years ago, his performance against St. John's. I mean, he has superstar potential in him where he can say, hey, team, hop on my back. I will carry us to victory. But, I mean, he's done that often the last, what, ever since really maybe the loss at Rutgers. I mean, you go back to the loss uh-huh. at Rutgers. When was that, like mid to late February? I mean, at that point, Eric, a lot of Gophers fans were saying they're done, they're cooked. They're not making the NCAA tournament, yet thereafter, Amir Coffey has really carried this team. How impressed have you been by Coffey's play? Very, very impressed with Amir. You know, you see what he does on the court, but off the court, the kid is just a great person, great individual, very smart. So he's even a better person. But in terms of basketball, like I told you, he's a pro. And like I said, not just playing overseas because he, he, he'll have the option to do that. But I really believe he's a 13-year NBA player. His skill set, the things that he can do on the floor, it, they're only going to get better. And when the floor opens up on the next level, you'll just see his skills, skill set really come to fruition. So 
he just needs to stay in that attack mode, that aggressive mindset. And, you know, the team goes as he goes. He doesn't really have to score. He can attack and find other people at times, but he just needs to stay in attack mode. And if he's getting 25, 30 points, the odds of the Gophers winning are, are huge. But I just love his game. But it's going to take a team effort. It can't just be Amir and Jordan. The freshmen have to keep producing. And they just have to get quality play from everybody. If it's one minute or 25 minutes, whoever's in the game, they have to lay it all on the line. What are some keys? I mean, it really bugs me, Eric. I mean, when you look at the Power 6 teams, no Power 6 team has shot fewer three-pointers than the Gophers. No Power 6 team has made fewer threes than the Gophers. So we know that they're not a three-point shot-making team, shot-attempting team. But when they are on, I mean, is it a matter of, A, staying out of foul trouble? I mean, you can't have Jordan Murphy pick up two fouls in the first 10 minutes. I mean, he has to stay out of foul trouble. They all have to stay out of foul trouble because of lack of depth. But is it a matter of getting stops and being able to get out in transition? They do get to the free throw line a good amount. They're not a great free throw shooting team. Although, how about Murphy at the Big Ten tournament? I mean, he made some free throws. I mean, are those some keys as you look and and just say, okay, for the Gophers to win, regardless of who the opponent is, stay out of foul trouble, get stops so they can get out and run? Exactly. I, I think there's three keys. Obviously, the number one on my list would be defending at a high level. They can't let Louisville get whatever they want in terms of shot selection, getting easy layups, putbacks. They have to make it tough for them defensively and play aggressive on the defensive end. Um, Secondly, they have to take care of the ball. When they had issues this year, they turned the ball over. They were very lackadaisical with the ball in terms of taking care of the ball and getting quality, um, quality shots. So taking care of the ball and getting quality shots. And lastly, they have to win the rebounding battle. Can't just be Jordan. Amir has to get in there, get eight, nine rebounds. Um, Daniel has to rebound 10-plus. The guards, you know, Gabe and all the guards have to come in there and try to get at least five, six rebounds to Priest. So they really have to win the rebounding battle. And I think if they take care of those three areas, they'll be in position to win. The Gophers are one of 68 teams. Now, there are over 300 Division I teams, but when you look at this year, I mean, them just merely making it to the NCAA tournament, being one of 68, do you already call this season a success, or do they need to win at least on Thursday, get to the round of 32 for you to call this season a success? Well, I think that... I don't know if... Calling the season, I think Gopher fans are ready for the next phase. The next phase being not just getting mm-hmm. in, but winning a couple games. Yes, you know it's not going to be easy, but we want to see the team make a make a run. Now, whether or not you call it a success or not, everyone has their own opinion and perception. But um, I'm personally ready for them to, to take the next step and not only win one game, but win a couple games. So. Like I said, it's not going to be easy. You know, the regular season is out the window. Each team starts fresh. So, like I said, with them, I'm just worried about the mindset. When they come out with the right mindset, I feel they can be anybody in the country. Sing it, Eric. I mean, I get it that the team, the laser focus has to be Louisville. But us in the media, fans, I mean, we can look bigger picture. I'm with you. It's time (laughs) to go further, right? Merely making it isn't enough for me. It's time to raise the bar, and I get it. I mean, whether it's Patino, Tubby, Dan Munson, I mean, going back a number of years, you know, it's not like these coaches are are having much success 
in the NCAA tournament. So maybe it's it's a bigger issue. Maybe there's more going on on campus than a lot of us realize. But I would say the resources are now in place better than ever before. I'm telling you, Eric, to me it's time. It really is. It's time to move on beyond the round of 64. Win a game. Heck, make a run to the Sweet 16. Maybe this isn't the year, but I'm hoping in the near future, next year, the year after, that they can make a serious run in March. I'm sick of losing in the first round. Yeah, it's, it's definitely time. I agree with you. As a Gopher alum, other Gopher alums around the country, we want to see the next level. So I, I think they have the, the capabilities to do that. I think they have the personnel to do that. Coaching staff is great. So now it's just a matter of just doing it. All the talk is out the window. It's time to do it, man. And I just wish that those young guys can have success. We'll leave you with this. Why don't you give us your final four picks? I don't know if you have the bracket in front of you or not the brackets, but do you have off the top of your head some final four picks that may be a national champion? You know, heck, what is it, three weeks from tonight? I didn't even look at the bracket yet, man. (laughs) I didn't even look at it yet. I mean, a lot of people are saying chalk. Like, they're saying in the Gophers region, hey, Duke gets to the Elite Eight. Michigan State gets to the Elite Eight. In the Virginia Mm. region, Virginia may make a run. And then you got Tennessee as the two seed. You know, the bracket right below that, you've got North Carolina as the one. Kentucky is the two. A lot of people are saying, hey, Kentucky and North Carolina are going to meet in the Elite Eight. Then I guess in the West bracket, you know, some people are wondering about Gonzaga. Maybe they think somebody can make a run. But, hey, Michigan mm. is pretty good. Michigan is the two seed in that bracket. So some people are saying, yeah, Gonzaga is good enough. It'll be Gonzaga and Michigan in the Elite Eight. That this might be one of those rare years where it goes chalk for the most part. I'm sure we'll see some upsets in the first round. I mean, we always do a 12 beats of five, go up and down the list, you know, but a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of talking heads last night, Eric, were saying, don't be surprised if we see chalk. And a lot of people are saying, and how fun would this be? Duke against North Carolina three weeks from tonight at U.S. Bank Stadium for the national championship. That'd be crazy. It doesn't get any better than that. You know, Carolina, Duke, those are the legendary programs. But you know there's going to be upsets. Last year was crazy, whole bunch of upsets. What does that term mean? You said chalk? I never heard that term. Well, that would just mean that, okay, the one beats the 16, the one beats the 8 or the 9, the one beats the 4, that that the highest seeds. Everything goes according to plan. Yeah, pretty much goes according to plan. I mean, obviously we'll see, you know, some variance on that, right? I mean, we're not going to see one versus four, two versus three in every bracket in the Sweet 16. I mean, that's impossible. That is not going to happen. We get that. But as you get deeper, as you get to the Elite Eight Final Four, yeah, I mean, just a lot of the experts, a lot of the national talking heads on Sunday night were saying, don't be surprised if we see a lot of ones and twos in the Elite Eight. Well, I just know it's going to be crazy. Minneapolis Final Four, the fans that we have here that are so passionate, it's going to be unbelievable. And somebody told me you had a couple Final Four tickets from me, too. Is that true? <laughs> I do have a couple. <laughs> I do have a couple media credentials, which is great, but it might be hard. It might be hard. Just just a hunch with with my picture with you getting in. I'm just I'm just going to go out on a limb, Eric. It might be difficult for you for you to get in with a Darren Wolfson credential. But if I stumble across tickets, Eric, you know that that they're all yours. I'm just messing with you, but I'm just I'm just excited for Gopher fans, for the Gopher community. This is going to be this is going to be a huge test, and as we talked about earlier, hopefully Gophers could get the first win and just keep moving forward and just keep pushing the program forward. So I'm just excited, Eric. I like it. In fact, if you want, 
I am doing another podcast. I may even end up doing three of them this week. But if you want, on Friday, maybe we catch up after the game, reviewing the game for, for a segment that I'll air on, on Score North, 1500 AM, if you want to plan on catching up on Friday. Definitely sounds good. I appreciate you, man. Let's keep the Gophers-Louisville dialogue going. Ryan Humphrey is a former NBA first-round pick of Utah in 2002. He is now an assistant coach at Notre Dame. He's been a Notre Dame assistant for the last three years. The hook here is Notre Dame played Louisville twice earlier this month, once at the end of the regular season, then they played them again in the ACC tournament. So he has really good knowledge when it comes to the Louisville Cardinals. He also had a cup of coffee back in the day with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So there's your provincial angle. So let's now catch up with Notre Dame assistant Ryan Humphrey. Coach, I appreciate your time. I'm sure your schedule is jam-packed. So much appreciation. You guys played against Louisville on March 3rd, and you played them again what last Wednesday in the ACC tournament. You lost both games. What stood out from those two games? What can Gophers fans learn from you about the Louisville Cardinals? Uh, that they're a very well-coached team. Uh, Coach Mack is one of the best coaches in the league and what he did with a group of guys, and, and they're an older veteran team as well. You know, they got one of the most improved players in the ACC, Jordan Noir, which is, in my opinion, a first-round draft pick. Hmm. Really? I mean, I don't even know yeah. the name. I mean, you know, we, we follow ACC basketball here in the Twin Cities, but obviously we're in the heart of, of Big Ten country. Tell us a little bit more about this young man who you said he's the most improved player in the ACC? Yes, he, he was awarded the most improved player in the ACC. Uh, he's about six eight, six seven, six eight. Can score on all three levels. Um, he's the coach's son, so he knows the game, and the game really comes easy to him. You know, he, he's one of those pure scores. Do you have a sense if, and I'm assuming you guys played both zone and man to man against them, is is one better than the other, or if they're making shots, it really doesn't matter. Uh, if they're when they're making shots, it really doesn't matter, and they're also a very deep team. You know, they're. They'll play nine to ten different guys. So they're, they're an older team, a lot of transfers on their team, and, and those guys are playing hard for Coach Mack. When you say that Coach Mack and, heck, his track record speaks for itself at, at Xavier, but when you say he's one of the better coaches in the league, heck, one of the better coaches in the country, I don't think that's a stretch. What do you mean by that? What makes Coach Mack such a good coach? The way that they're able to play together all on one court, uh, the way they run their offense, Defensively, you know, they're, they're out in the passing lanes. They got guys that can be locked down defenders, but they're also great help side defenders. And they're, they're just a well coached team from, you know, in all three aspects offensively, defensively, and then on the baseline out of bounds. How do you think playing in the ACC and heck, I mean, some Big Ten fans might say, hey, Darren, you're delusional. We got eight teams in the in the big dance. We're the best conference in the country. But my personal opinion is, coach, you coach in the best conference in the country. How do you think playing that loaded ACC schedule has prepared Louisville for Thursday? Um, I, I think it'll be a conference game for for both teams, Minnesota and Louisville, because you at night in and night out, you're playing against good teams, good players, and good coaches. So it won't be a surprise either way. And, I mean, heck, you look at the last 10 games that Louisville has played. Now, some of it is skewed. I mean, a lot of it is skewed when you play Virginia twice, you play North Carolina, you play Duke. But, I mean, their record in the last 10 games is not all that great. But I suppose you just you toss that out, right, when you're playing the likes of those teams that I just mentioned. Yes, no, no, with the schedule, anytime that you can get into the NCAA tournament, coming out of the Big Ten, ACC, and certain conferences, you'll be very well prepared. 
Who are some of the other players that we should be aware of on Louisville? I mean, you talk about them being really deep. You touched on having the conference's most improved player, but how about some of the other guys that jump off the screen to you? Uh, they, they, they got a, a big man duo uh, of Stephen Enoch and Malik Williams. Malik Williams is a big king kid. He's from Fort Wayne, Indiana. So they, they got a big two-headed monster. Both of those guys can go get you double-doubles. They have two transfer guards that start for them that have had successful careers in their prior location. So, they, you know, they're, they're well-equipped to put up and run, like I say, run 10 to 12 guys at you, and every guy is different. I mean, is it not a surprise, I mean, because of Mac's success in the Louisville brand, that even everything that happened to them, that they were able to rebound so quickly this year? I mean, is it not a surprise to you? Uh, it, it wasn't a surprise, you know. And again, with Jordan Noir kind of being the catalyst of it, uh, he was an all-conference performer. They got an all-conference coach. And so, you know, the guys bought in, and they're old. That's one thing about in college basketball today's game. If you're old, you have a chance. You played in the NCAA tournament, right, Coach? Yes, I did. What's the buildup like? I mean, I asked this to Eric Harris as well earlier in the podcast, but what's the buildup like as we sit here and talk on, on Monday afternoon? What's the anticipation like as we approach Thursday? Uh, it's a lot of excitement. And one thing you got to do is table your excitement and try to prepare like a normal week. But you know that if you lose this possibly level with so you try to prepare your best and go forward and keep your fundamentals. What else is important to know about Louisville as we break them down? Uh, they, they have a great fan base. And, you know, it, it's a, a, a one of the top jobs, not in the ACC, but also in, the, in college basketball as, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, they play in what is pretty much an NBA arena, or at least it's an NBA crowd, right? I mean, most nights they have, what, like 18,000, 19,000 people in the arena? I mean, their fan base is just off the charts. I agree. You know, they, they, they pack at home or away, you know, they're, they're one of those type of fan bases that they come out and support their teams. And they're also a great program. And, again, you have to give Coach Mack and his staff a lot of credit because of what they've built, and, and they'll be ready to play. All right, so you guys lose to them twice earlier this month. Were the two losses comparable, or, you know, was their style, the way they beat you, was it different in each game? Uh, the first loss at Louisville, we had, you know, we did a really good job on them. Uh making them miss the first shot, but they just pounded us on the glass. Again, they have a lot of big-time athletes that play above the rim, and so I believe they had double-digit offensive rebounds. Second game, uh, we were in it, um, you know, but their depth just wore us down. Can you turn them over? I mean, are they – I mean, you say that they're they're a veteran-laden team, but but if you pressure them enough, I mean, are they, are they capable of turning the ball over, or is that a team that yeah. takes care of the ball pretty well? I think, you know, if Minnesota comes out and pressures them, they will turn the ball over. But it should be a good game for the fans to see. Were you surprised that three ACC teams got number one seeds, or did you anticipate that North Carolina would get a number one? Uh, I anticipated it. You know, just been able to see both of those teams, you know, face-to-face up close and personal. Uh, those three teams kind of chomped up the league because it was so top-heavy. But so nothing really surprised is Duke your pick to win it all? Um, they're, they're one of them. I, I think that, you know, with the three-headed monster that they have of Barrett, Williamson, and Cam Reddish, and, you know, they got the quality role players and got one of the best coaches in the, the history of the game, you know, you can see why they're some people's favorites. And this might sound weird, I mean, as a number one seed, but is Virginia almost flying under the radar 
a little bit. Like a lot of the talking heads on Sunday night were all about Duke, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Gonzaga to some degree. Not quite sure Virginia is getting the love that maybe they should. Maybe it's because they lost in the first round. You know, the greatest upset in NCAA tournament history, lost as a one seed last year. And maybe it's because they didn't play for the ACC championship on Saturday. But And, hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Virginia's flying under the radar a bit too much. Um, I think Virginia's a great team. They're one of those teams that's not flashy, but they just do what they do. And, and they're, they're kind of like, takes in the right way, the Spurs. It's not flashy. You won't see a lot of highlight plays, ESPN plays, but they're surgical and how they play offensively and defensively, and they're another well-coached team. Let you go after this, Coach. You do have some ties here to Minnesota. You had a cup of coffee with the Timberwolves. Is that correct? Uh, I did. You know, I was you know bouncing around when I was coming out of the NBA and, and had a cup of coffee coming in the uh, summer league. I got family from up that way. So, you know what, Minnesota's a, a great place to be. I mean, who did you play for? Who were some of your teammates? I mean, what do you remember about your time here in Minnesota? Um, that's when I was up there. Um, you know, that was Kevin Barnett was up in that area, uh, mm-hmm. Wally Zerbiak. You know, I know all those guys real well. Um, Troy Hudson, you know, still a good friend of mine that's up there. And so, you know, I know quite a few people, even with the Gophers, Ariel McDonald, he's a, a, a mm-hmm. dear friend of mine. So, you know what? That's a basketball city. Yeah, I mean, Ariel is, is a high school coach here in town, he used to do some radio work for us. Yeah. I mean, heck, he's the all-time leading assist leader in, in Gophers history. So one of the great Gophers players in history, I mean, do you guys, do you specifically at Notre Dame, do you guys get up here to the Twin Cities a fair amount to recruit? Uh, well, we're going to try to get up there even more. You know, we had a, a kid, uh, Mike Brohammer, that's from that area. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to find some more kids to kind of bring down here this way. Yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, you know, as you and Coach Bray and others at Notre Dame, I mean, as you guys have been laying things out, I mean, you've been there now three years. I mean, do you have a sense for, for how good this area has become when it comes to basketball talent, even going back a handful of years, I mean, you think about the 2014 class, you know, Tyus Jones wins a national championship at Duke. He's in the NBA now. Reed Travis, who's now a great player for Kentucky, he hopes to come home, you know, at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis here in a few weeks, you know, with Kentucky. You know, he's a great player. J.P. McCura is now in the NBA on a two-way contract with Charlotte. Yeah. Rashad Vaughn is a local kid. He was a first-round NBA pick. That was just one high school class. I mean, do you guys at Notre Dame have a sense for how great basketball is here in Minnesota? Wow, you know, that, that's impressive, uh, just all the high school talent that comes out of the state of Minnesota. Uh, back a long time ago, I played with a, a guy named Khalid Alamin. You know, mm-hmm. He's another great one that's coming out of there, and even his son. So there's a lot of talent up there. Hopefully we can get, out, get up there and, and get a couple of them out of there. I'll let you go after this, Coach. I mean, just from afar. I mean, I'm not used to Notre Dame struggling the way you guys did this year. What what exactly happened? And I have no doubt with with Coach yeah. Bray's background that you guys will rebound pretty quickly. Uh, you know, youth and injuries. Those two things that kind of hit us this year. We it was a time a stretch on the court. We were playing four freshmen a lot of minutes, and so you know that and injuries kind of derailed us. And then there's also playing in ACC. But one thing about us. And our coach, you know, we're going to rebound and bounce back even better. Coach, I know that there's a lot of Notre Dame fans here in the Twin Cities and surrounding area, so I'm sure there's some people listening to this right now that are definitely rooting you on. So I greatly appreciate you doing this. I greatly appreciate your insight on the Gophers' opponent on Thursday. That was Ryan Humphrey in his third year as a Notre Dame assistant. Notre Dame lost to Louisville twice earlier this month. Former NBA first-round pick had a cup of coffee with the Wolves in 2005. All right, let's continue the Gophers-Louisville breakdown. Focus a little bit more on the Gophers. Richard Coffey's been on the podcast before. He played in an NCAA tournament, a couple with the Gophers. His son Amir now 
is one of the best players, if not the best player on the Gophers. Richard Coffey goes to every game. He watches intently. He, like Eric Harris, has intimate knowledge of the Gophers. I mean, heck, he lives, breathes, eats Gophers basketball. He bleeds maroon and gold. Let's bring into the conversation Richard Coffey. Richard, thanks for coming back onto the podcast. What do you think of the draw? My initial thought, Richard, is I'm glad it's not Syracuse. I didn't want to see that 2-3 Syracuse zone, but I thought Louisville, well, first off, I thought maybe the Gophers. I thought, you know, your, your program, heck, my alma mater, I thought they would be a nine. I guess I can't be shocked that they're a 10 seed, but... I certainly didn't think Louisville would be a seven. I thought they were like a six, maybe a five. So I guess my initial thought is I'm not necessarily a big fan of of this draw of Thursday's game. Not an impossible task, but it's going to be hard for the Gophers to win. Well, I, I thought it was better for us to get a, a Tennessee rather than an eight or a nine because you're, you get an eight or a nine and you do win your first game. You're playing against the number one seed and whatever whatever region you're in, uh, your second game. And, I, I, you know, when I look at Louisville, you know, I watched them a little bit this year, but uh, last night I just went online and probably watched two or three of their games to see what they did well and, and what their strengths were. And, and I actually think we match up pretty good with them. Mm, good. Um, and and I'm, actually, I'm actually pretty excited to play a team that um, that's not as familiar with us as the Big Ten is, um, because I, I do think we have um, we have several talented players on our team, and I I I, I hope that um, we find a way, or the players find a way, to to use their strengths in that game. And I think we have I, I actually think we have a pretty good chance of winning. I like that because you know that I respect your opinion a ton. So I'm loving hearing that. Okay, one of those talented players, maybe the most talented player, is your son Amir. How does Amir specifically match up against what you saw on video last night, the Louisville Cardinals defense? Well, Louisville, they're, Louisville, they're, they're extremely athletic. Um, and um, they, they play, you know, sometimes they up in your face defensively. And some people might say, oh, well, that's going to be tough for Amir. But I think the opposite. Um, I think if you get close on Amir, I think he, he's going to find a way to get by you. Um, and, and if he can, if Amir can get downhill, um, then he uh, usually when he finds a way to get downhill, he has a really good game with with scoring, but also getting other people baskets. Um, so I actually look for, you know, if, if Amir can, if Amir's, if Amir's remain locked in and focused and can can be aggressive right from the beginning, I think. Um, I think the Gophers have a good chance of winning that game, and I think a lot of it depends on how well Amir plays. Now, other players have to play well also, um, but Amir is one of the players that need to play well for the Gophers. Well, I mean, he might be the one, right? I mean, I don't have the numbers specifically in front of me, but, I mean, what is what is the Gophers' record when he scores 20 or more points? I mean, isn't that yeah. – I mean, that's the one, right? Like, you look at it and say, yeah. okay, if Amir yeah. is on yeah. – the Gophers have a really good chance to win when he's been yeah. off. Like, look at all their losses, Richard. You know this yeah. as well as anyone. You look at just about every one of their losses, and you can say, okay, yeah. you know, Amir, no, if he had played better, maybe yeah. they would have won that game. No, I, I agree. No, I, I agree. I, I do agree with that. You know, as, as you know, as his father, I might be a little biased. Sure. So uh, I let other people come to that conclusion like yourself. <laughs> but I do, you know, if you just look at the win-loss, column and uh, and how Amir plays uh, in those games is it, pretty clear to see 
that uh, when he plays well, the Gopher has a really good have a really good chance to win that game. So, um, I you know from a from a father perspective, I just you know want him to play well um, for the rest of the season. And from a from a fan perspective, I want to see the entire team play well uh, so they can you know try to advance. How's Amir doing from a stamina standpoint? No, heck, he played for Howard Pulley. So, like, yeah. you think about the Howard yeah. Pulley days, you'd play four, five, six games in a very yeah. condensed yeah. time frame. But you think about, you know, the Big Ten tournament, right? Three games in, like, 65, 66, 67 hours. He doesn't sit yeah. the first two games. Yeah. Heck, did he sit maybe just for a little bit during the Michigan game? And then all of a sudden yeah. you're playing it at 11.15 in the morning on Thursday. How's yeah. he doing from yeah. a stamina standpoint? Um, you know, I think I think the entire team um, probably going to get a little rest this week. Um, I know he was, you know, he was a little tired um, after the Michigan game, and um, I know they had all, yeah yesterday off, which um, I think I called him probably around ten thirty uh, a.m. yesterday, and he was still in the bed. So, you know, he, you know, they're young, so they they you know they bounce back really quick. Uh, but they, I think three, you know. Three games in the Big Ten Conference for anyone or any team or any individual. When when you play as much as Amir and Murphy and some of the other kids play, um, even though you're in shape and, and and you're focused, you know it's still tough on your body. And I and I think I think in that Michigan game. Now I'm not <clears throat> I'm not saying we would have beat Michigan because Michigan's a really good team and. When they actually match up with us um, uh, in key positions really well, but I, I think it probably would have been a closer game if, if the Kings, um, you know, weren't playing their their third game um, in a short time frame. What's Amir's excitement level? I mean, this isn't his first NCAA rodeo. He went as a freshman, but what's his yeah. what's his excitement level right now? He's super excited, man. Um, the whole team. I mean, it's just. It's fun for them to be back. You know, Amir is um, excited about being back. You know, when you go as a freshman, you don't know what to expect, and you kind of wide-eye a little bit about getting there. And now it's kind of more of, you know, being on a mission to try to being on a mission to first try to get past your first game and get a win uh, in, the, uh, in the tournament. So I think they're going to be focused. I think they're going to be well-rested. And I think they're going to be strong, and it's, it's going to be fun to play against a team that um, that we haven't played against all year. Yeah, it will be. Now, it won't be fun if if the Cardinals are making three-point shots. I mean, that's the one thing that maybe bugs me more than anything, Richard, is you look at power six teams. There's not a team that has shot fewer three-pointers than the Gophers, Richard. There's not a power six team that has made fewer three-pointers and the right. Gophers. I mean, is this the time of the year where something like that, when when you're not a three-point shooting team, is this the time of the year where maybe something like that could, could come back and bite you in the butt? Oh, for sure. I mean, any weaknesses that you have uh, during this time of the season is probably going, going to hurt you, um, you know, the longer you play right now, the deeper you go. So that's, you know, that's an issue for the Gopher. For the Gophers, it's been an issue all season, um, but um, you know we that same team that you're talking about. You know, won two games in the Big Ten tournament. Um, 
in one of those games against one of the top teams in the country when it comes to Purdue. So um, it's, it's not the only way to win games, um, but it, it's definitely a big part of the game today, shooting a three. How would you say that Amir's role has evolved this year in Richard Pitino's offense, and how would you describe Richard Pitino's offense? You know, I think Amir's role has, you know, Amir was asked to play the point guard this year. Um, and, you know, I, I think Amir would probably prefer to be on a wing if you ask him. He was asked to play the point guard. It was, it was, it was funny to me when, when, you know, um, reading some of the comments in the beginning of the season, oh, you know, he can't play the point guard. He can't dribble. You know, those small guards going to be stealing the ball from him. You know, he's not going to be able to get the ball up court on some of those smaller guards. You have so many opinions, and some of the opinions are by people that have no clue about basketball. And, and those things didn't happen all year. I mean, you know, so he, you know, he, he accepted the position that, that the coach asked him to play. I think he did a pretty good job at it. Um, you know, he's, his height allowed him to pass over top of the defense. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and the team did okay with him playing point guard. Um, so I, you know, he, I think it, you know, I think having a ball in his hand a little more often helped him be a little more aggressive, uh, at certain, at certain points throughout the game. Um, I think having him touch the ball more helped his teammates. Uh, get some open shots at some points throughout the game. So it, um, you know, it's not his natural, natural position, but it's a position that he's played before. So he was a little familiar with it, and he was not overwhelmed with that position by any means. One thing the Gophers have been pretty good at, especially of late, is not fouling. How much of a skill is that? I mean, is there an art form? I mean, some of it is subjective where you're just hoping that one of the refs doesn't blow the whistle, but like I'm thinking on Thursday, you know, if Amir picks up his second foul nine minutes into the game, eight minutes into the game, uh oh, yeah. Gophers are screwed. If Jordan Murphy picks up his yeah. second foul early in the game, uh oh, Gophers yeah. are screwed. But you think about some of the good performances the last couple of weeks, the Gophers don't get into foul trouble, which I don't know. I mean, is that a skill? I mean, is there is there something to be said about how good they have been at not fouling? You know, if you can find a way to play really good, tough defense without fouling, then that's awesome. Um, so I, I think for the most part, the goal for defense has been has been good. You know, there, there have been some defensive lapses, uh, as every team have those you know, type of situations happen to them. But I think for the most part, the defense has been pretty good. Now, against the Michigan game, I think we were – um, we were we were reacting to a lot of what Michigan did, and whenever you're reacting, you you're always a step behind. So, um, uh, but that 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 probably has something to has something to do with the bit that been their third game in three days too. You know, your legs are just a little tired. But yeah, if you can if you can play really good defense without getting into foul trouble, then that that's an amazing thing. I mean, um, you know, because of us not being into foul trouble in the uh, Purdue game, we were able to, you know, commit a couple three fouls in the last minute to to kind of throw them off rhythm of trying to get that last shot up. What would you say to the fans, Richard, that just hope that pray that that the last of Amir in a Gophers uniform isn't you know whether it's this weekend the Sweet Sixteen if they can make a lengthy run that that Amir 
you know, the, the possibility is there that he will be back for his senior year. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, you know, Amir and I really haven't talked a lot about that. You know, I think you know Amir is going to, you know, see what see test the waters, you know, get some feedback, which as you know, it's always good to do to see what people are thinking of you. Um, you know, Amir's a junior, and he's, he's close to, you know, he's close to graduating. You know, nice. you know, yeah. if, you, if you can come out as a freshman or a sophomore, is one thing. But when you get to a junior, if you know, if if uh, if when you're so close to graduation, you know, why not come back and get your degree? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, I, I we'll see. You know, Amir has a mirror test of waters, get feedback, and then we'll go from there. How about some of your favorite NCAA tournament memories? Like, how much fun is this week? It's a ton of fun. It's, you know, it's an experience. Whether whether you win a game or not, the experience of just even the even selection night of, of gathering with your team, getting together, and and, and watching the TV uh, until your name pop up on on one of the one of the slots in the bracket. I mean, that's that's extremely fun and 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 something that I've never forgotten. And then getting in the tournament and. And, and playing that that first game in the tournament is so exciting. I mean, it's something that you you will remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, you're and, talking about it right now, you know, and you yeah. played in the NCAA tournament in the late '80s. Yeah, right. And, and and that time period in your life go by so fast. So I, you know, I, you know, I tell my, all of my kids who had an opportunity to play in the tournament um, and, and uh, experience that too. You know, enjoy the moment. You know, it doesn't last forever. It's it's over in the blink of an eye. Um, you know, regardless what people are saying, whether you're going to win or lose, or you know, kind of block all that mutter out and just go and enjoy this moment of your life. Um, because it, it doesn't happen to everybody. It's very difficult to get to this point. And now that you're there, try to enjoy enjoy it as much as possible and the same advice right back at you richard enjoy every moment of thursday heck you had to love when you found out it would be des moines i mean unless you're flying but i'm guessing you're just hopping in the car and heading down i tell you what when i saw it was des moines and i realized i didn't have to get on an airplane i can just drive three hours i was so (laughs) (laughs) i think a lot of gophers fans are in that same boat too i mean i would imagine the crowd should be pretty pro gophers on thursday yeah you know even even the even the, the, the crowds that the crowd that aren't def- necessarily Gopher fans, if they're from the Midwest, they should be rooting for the Gophers, right? So, um, so yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. One of my buddies is going down with me. So when 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 he found out it was Des Moines, we we talked on the telephone right away, and he was like, "Man, I don't have to buy, buy a plane ticket." I said, "No, you don't." <laughs> now, do you so jinx it? it? Awesome. Do you do you book the hotel instantly through Saturday night? Or do you play that by ear, hoping they win Thursday and then book the hotel for Friday and Saturday? Well, well, honestly, since it's only three hours, we're driving down and coming back. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're gonna, we're going to drive down. It's a it's a it's a eleven thirty game. So That's a good point. Down, yeah, hang out hang out with Amir a little bit after the game, and then we're going to probably you know we'll be back home by seven o'clock, and then on Saturday you know we'll just get up and and, and drive back down again, and then on yeah, Saturday if yeah. the game is early, and if there's no snow on the ground in Iowa. And if it's 60 degrees after the game, if there's some golf courses open, we might get to play around mm. the golf. Yes. Yeah. Got to be, be thinking about getting around the golf. Yeah, game. and I would think if it's Gophers-Michigan State on Saturday, 
Yeah. I guess I don't know. I guess it's up in the air. Who knows what time that game could start? But yeah, I guess knows? it could start. It could be like a noon game. You could yeah, be out of there yeah, by two thirty. You could be teeing off by like three thirty, yeah. four o'clock. I can get nine holes in before we come back to Minnesota. Oh, for sure you get nine holes in. If you're teeing off by like four-ish, you definitely get nine holes in. No doubt. You're a very smart man, Richard. All right, safe travels, and we'll talk soon, okay? Hey, thanks for having me. Amir Coffey's dad, former gopher, former Timberwolf, Richard Coffey. I think what I'll do is I will make this a Gophers NCAA tournament-centric podcast. Like, I've got some notes, like Tom Compton signs with the Jets. The Vikings did not make him an offer. There's a cornerback from the University of Houston who is locked in for a visit to the Vikings April 2nd and 3rd. There's some things I'd like to reiterate from last week, like Fred Hoiberg, the potential of him landing in Nebraska, like Jeff Goodman, who's got a great national following. He tweeted that earlier today. It shouldn't be that much of a surprise if you listen to this podcast based on what I said in both episodes last week. Robert Covington being shut down for the season You know, that's something I brought up last week. All signs pointing to that at this point. It's just unfortunate because it looked like Covington would be back with the Wolves after the All-Star break. But at this point, it just it doesn't make logical sense to play him in these final handful of games. And more on Ryan Saunders and some other stuff. But I think what I'll do is I'll actually do three episodes this week because I've got a Boston College assistant coach lined up for Tuesday. They beat Louisville a couple weeks ago, so I think he'll be really good. So I'll tape him, and then I'll get a bunch of notes out of the way after that. The Twins have some players with some opt-outs. So I've got some other notes jotted down. So I think what I'll do is I'll do episode 213 as soon as Tuesday. Then episode 214 on Friday will include new Green Bay Packer Billy Turner, potentially new New York Jet Tom Compton. We may get Eric Harris back on to review the Thursday Gophers-Louisville game. And I also caught up on Monday afternoon with Jalen Suggs, a recruiting update. And it looks like he'll be playing on Saturday night for yet another state basketball championship, won a state football championship in November. One of the great athletes this state has ever produced, Junior Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy. So lots to get to on the Scoop Podcast this week. Always appreciate you listening. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.